after this, I'm going to go drive up and listen to music with Rick Rubin at his house. And I'm like, like, let me just not mess this up. And it's really just trying to figure out, make sure I'm always creating the conditions that lead to the best work. I was terrified. I thought it was terrible, you know, but the teacher really, Tara Platoni, she really thought I was good. So she was like, you know, you're really good at this. Dude, I'll tell you what, man, when it comes to hip hop, I feel like no one's having more fun than the women right now, man. I don't know. I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> I guess. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Dre and Smiley podcast, the inner circle. Will normal people live in extraordinary lives share their experiences with you? All right. So I'm excited to have Justin Richmond on today. So I'll read a quick bio for Justin. Justin Richmond is a producer and co-host of the music podcast Broken Record with writer Malcolm Gladwell, New York Times editor Bruce Hedlum, and music producer and Def Jam co-founder Rick Rubin. Justin was a producer of NPR's flagship program, Morning Edition, and its accompanying podcast, Up First, before becoming an arts reporter for NPR. He began his career as an intern for the Tavis Smiley Show and Smiley and West. Justin, shout out to the go ahead. Go shout, shout out, out go to ahead, the Smileys. Shout, shout out to the Smileys. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, the Smileys right. of the world. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Justin has a BA in philosophy from the University of California, Berkeley, and a master's degree from the Berkeley Graduate School of Journalism. With that, Justin, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me again, man. I feel at home with the smileys. I got a couple of Dre's up in my family tree, so it's like yeah. this is all this it's is all love right now. This is awesome a reunion. Awesome. There you go. So, <laughs> yeah. so here's I'm trying to trying to uh, figure figure out how to capture this in terms of how I feel about having you on the show. I love uh, I'm, I'm a product of hip hop. I love music. Um, uh, I enjoy NPR. You know, I kind of grew up on NPR with my dad and whatnot. I listen to it today, so it's almost like having having you on the podcast. In my mind, is like having a museum curator, right, of some high end, uh, world class, world renowned gallery that has had an opportunity to see all the different pieces of art and whatnot from across the globe, smell it, touch it, touch it, kind of experience it. And now we, Smiley and I, have an opportunity to speak with this curator, right? To kind of glean from him what he has experienced. So that's, that's kind of what's going on in my head, Justin. That's what's going on in my head. I don't even know Look, where to man. begin. I don't even know where to begin. Uh, I, 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 gotta be real. I feel the same about my own life sometimes. I'm like, man, this is a perfect really? synthesis really? of everything I've, I've loved and wanted to do. So, yeah. Do you, sometimes, like, do you like pinch yourself sometimes in terms of like where you are and what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm about to... After this, I'm gonna go drive up and listen to music with Rick Rubin at his house, and I'm like, "Yeah, what's okay. going on, man? You know, it's, it's very crazy." <laughs> so let, let's just start there because I was trying to figure out where do we begin. Let's just start there for for listeners who don't know. Shame on you, Rick Rubin, and 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 you can add to this because you you clearly know him. Rick Rubin is one of kind of the architects of where hip hop began, right? So mm -hmm. he came on, you know, he, he, he was at, at, at the, he was in the early stages, like one of the forefathers, right? Yeah. And he'd have to be on the Mount Rushmore to imagine, you know? For sure, right? You know? Yeah, he'd have to be. Yeah. 
And the fact that you that you you know are connected with him, what is he like? My my perception of him, based on what I've seen, read, and heard over the years, over decades, is that he's just like this, you know, kind of like kind of like the Einstein of hip hop, or not hip hop now. Now now it's music, and now like just all music genres. more generally and. And yeah. really, like, he's so involved even in things that, like, you know, his name's never, ever going to be on. And it's, like, things that are just so far outside the realm of music. It's it's, it's blow, mind-blowing. I don't know. It's hard. Knowing him, I would never, I would never try to sum him up in where it's just sure. it's impossible. But um, what I say, my personal experience with him is he's one of the coolest cats, <laughs> you know, one of the most coolest, open-minded, just down-to-earth music nerds <laughs> i know you know what i mean like like when i when i first met him it was like oh yeah instantly it was like he's just like every one of my friends who's a music nerd like there, there's no difference you know sure and, um yeah he's one of he's he's a, he's a, a incredible human being man he might not be a human being who knows yeah he's so unique because what, what i think about you know things i've read and seen so one thing that comes to mind is how he produced um, 99 Problems of Jay-Z, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for any for listeners who haven't heard that song, it's just, I mean, just, it's, I don't know how you would even describe it. It's just so unique and authentic. But then he's also produced like genres I've never really, you know, delved into that if you listen to it, it sounds equally amazing and astonishing. How does he? How, and from from your take, how 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 does he do it, Justin? What, what what's his secret? What's his secret sauce? To to me, he's like the greatest listener I've ever been around. Like the things he'll absorb being with people is insane. You know, and the things I've observed him absorb while working. You know, his memory, his his memory and recall for the important things are incredible. You know, like just knowing what take after. X amount of takes, like three days later, knowing, okay, three days ago we did X amount of takes, but the version I'm hearing now wasn't from this take. Like the, the drums are actually from the second take, but that was the bad take. We need it from the, you know, and you're just like, wow, that recall is incredible. But but that's that's beside the point. It's really like his listening and like, and through his listening, I feel like he's able to know you and he doesn't distill you down to your, what he thinks are your essential parts like he doesn't like hear what you say and be like okay i have you figured out he he listens to what you say and then like holds a mirror up so it's like oh now i see myself better you know what i mean so it's almost like work when you work with a therapist and it's like they're not telling you how to feel but all of a sudden through a conversation with them you've just i'm like oh that's exactly how i feel about this thing you know and i think mm. that that's why artists who work with him when they're open to doing the work the right way i think they end up like a jay-z like 99 problems to me is um i mean there's so many great jay songs but when you think about what 99 problems is in jay-z's catalog when you think about the breadth now of his catalog you're like oh that's kind of like everything like the perfect encapsulation of everything jay does storytelling the Mm -hmm. the, now when you think about with the 444s out in the world the maturity Mm -hmm. but there's also Mm -hmm. like you can go back to like there's some of that um reasonable doubt crime noir like vibe in there you know so it's like yeah. he it's just like he he's i feel like is able to really capture snapshots of exactly who people are you know in, in weird ways so but yeah that's that's my long way of saying that. he's a, he's a great listener 
And I think that's why um, the, the work it turns out turns out to be seminal, you know. Uh, Justin, can you, for our listeners, define uh, Dre introduced you as a producer? What what does a producer do compared to, say, Jay, you mentioned Jay Z? Jay Z's the rapper. Was Rick Rubin the producer? Is that the business financials mm-hmm. part of it? You know, man, what a producer is has for so long been so, you know, it's really whatever it needs to be. And mm-hmm. um, financially, the financial arrangements has cha- have changed. Even with songwriters, what it means to be a songwriter, what it means to be, it's just so, it's so convoluted. Um, but, you know, um, you know, a, a cent, you know, like in hit in the world of hip hop, like there's producers who just make the beat, right? And, um, but like, let's say like there's a record. Well, I you know what might be a good example is like let's like take one of like Eminem's early records where like you know Dre did a couple of Dr. Dre did a couple of beats, but mm-hmm. also like uh, Melman and a couple of other people producers producers uh, made beats. But you know Dr. Dre was the executive producer on that, so you know Dr. Dre then was working with M to make sure I, I don't know one hundred percent. This is what I imagine that like that the there was some consistency to the to the various songs and that the finished product sounded like one thing not like just like a compilation right so you know i don't know it's just hard because there's like hip-hop producers like where you're just a beat maker then there's like an ep position more like a dr dre then there's like you know like rock producers and there's like edm beat produce so it's like it's all over the map but so it, it's it's so convoluted but essentially i feel like a producer is like a a person who's really there to just sort of help kind of get artists across the finish line and help develop stuff too, if, if needed. So that's more from a music perspective, but let's say Malcolm Gladwell, he's yeah. not a rapper or music. So when you produce him, are you producing the um, outliers? Are you producing his books or? With Malcolm, I'm more producing him in the audit world of audio and not always just certain projects I've, I've, I've been a producer on um we did a paul simon audiobook where malcolm interviewed paul simon for about 30 some hours and we turned it into a six hour like pretty incredible audiobook uh uh that if you listen to it it's just like a journey you know um and you know in in that land it's sort of like i guess you know what kind of you could compare it to it's like being a coach it's like you know how everyone will say like of course, Phil Jack, like Phil Jackson, and could win if you know if you have Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and 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 Kukoc and Dennis Rodman and you know on and on and on and on and then Shaq and Kobe. But it's like really, it's like as a producer, you need to be able to know. Like so, for me, like of course, like I have a Malcolm Gladwell that I'm working with. It's like that's like having a Michael Jordan. You're like right. So all you, you really, it's like how do I not fuck this up? Like let me just not mess this up. And it's really just trying to figure out make sure I'm always creating the conditions that lead to the best work. Like I, I want to, so I'll, I'll do all the things you don't, that don't lead to you. Like I, I want to do all the things for you that you don't want to do. Therefore your time is really just spent on being creative and right. And, and I, you know, I, I, that's probably what Phil Jackson was doing. Right. Like, I, look, I'm going to, I'm going to deal with Jerry Ryan's door from the front office and all that stuff. Hmm. And you guys just focus on basketball, you know? Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. I, don't so- know. I guess that's probably what it is. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense to me. So, tell me about how you got into being a journalist and a producer. Tell me, tell me that journey. When you, when you were younger, 
Yeah. You know, was there someone that you, that was your mentor? Did you have a family friend and you thought, ah, I want to be like that person? Tell me about the, the journey, the path. Where nah, you, you know what? I wish, I wish I had some, I wish I had had someone around that I could have pointed to and been like, that's what I want to do. I don't think I knew, I didn't know what, I, I mean, I fell into journalism, you know, like I kind of really, it was like a real happy accident. Um, I, uh, by the time I transferred from community college to, to, to Berkeley to get my bachelor's, I, I, by that point, I was like, you know, kind of the only successful people I knew who I felt like really had their life and careers together were in higher, were in higher education, right? It was like the professors that I was around in community college. I was like, I, sh- I, I, I want to be like one of, they seem like grownups to me. Like, I want to be like, I want to be like them. So when I went in to get my bachelor's, I was like, okay, I'll do this. I'll go get a PhD and I'll, I'll teach like wherever I'll just go teach. I'll be a professor. Like that sounds like a good thing to do. I can see the path. I know, I know some people who do it like, so this is perfect. But once I got there, I started, um, I took like a student job, at the front office of, a of, a of, a one of the, you know, various departments there, you know, name, no names. And, and while it was a great <laughs> department, what I realized was, um, it was a really great department. Uh, with great people but what i realized was is like you know there's a lot of bureaucracy involved mm-hmm. with that whole thing and so i was like well it's a lot of frustrated there's a lot of really talented but frustrated people here you know and i was like i don't necessarily want that i don't want to surrender to that right now you know so i was like let me figure out is there something else i could do and as well in college i met um um i met a professor by the name of ricky vincent who was uh, he was actually taught my uh um uh, he was teaching a course on the uh, on Black Power um, that I took, and he wrote a book on funk music. He was writing a book about the Black Panther Party at the time. He had a radio show on KPFA, and um, you know, it was through conversations with him. I was like, "Well, you know what? Like, I like the, the what I wanted. Like, the reason I want to teach is like I wanna I wanna research, I wanna write, and I wanna like." show people what I've researched and written. Like I want to like teach that to people or show it to people. And I was like, well, okay, I guess a version of that is kind of what you do on the side, which is journalism, you know? And so um, I took a journalism course. They didn't have an undergrad journalism. So they had like one class you could apply to and it was through the graduate program. And so I applied to it. So I was like one of 20, got accepted to that. And I was terrified. I thought it was terrible, you know, but the teacher really, Kara Platoni, she really thought it was good. So she was like, you know, you're really good at this. And, you know, so yeah, she encouraged me to keep going. And honestly, by the time I graduated, I couldn't get a job, man. I was trying to get a job. I tried to get a job front desk at a yoga studio, front desk at a, at a, at a, at a massage chiropractor place. I tried to be like a, like, you know, whatever at a work at a law office. I was like, oh, maybe I'll be a lawyer. So let me go see if I like it. I'll go work the front desk. They turned me down. Like I was getting turned down like from, I applied to some banks. I didn't even know what bankers did, but I was like, hey, maybe I should go try to work at a bank. Like whatever that means, you know, (laughs) they turned me, meanwhile, you know, I'm the worst person to be in a bank. You know, I don't know nothing about math. They turned me down. Everyone's turning me down, but um, my final in that journalism class, she encouraged me to submit it to the East, the East Bay Express, which was like a local uh, mag, uh, paper, newspaper, magazine up there. And uh, that 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 check for that came through when I was trying to get all these jobs. And I was like, "Damn, it's my first paycheck after college. Might as well just keep keep it pushing." And that was sort of 
I just sort of kept failing, failing forward into journalism. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. And so then talk about how you went from that to, and my guess is that there, there was kind of a, of a, you know, windy path and share as much of that as you can, but yeah. get into, how did you get into podcasting from journalism? So I, I know you did some time at NPR. You can talk about, about that a bit as well, but. Yeah, well, first got into like radio. I mean, I helped out that professor with his radio show, KPFA. So that was cool, but it wasn't really, that was more like, um, uh, you know, that felt closer to the music side of things, you know, didn't okay. feel like I was doing journalism, radio journalism per se. Um, but what happened was, and I, I thought in terms of journalism, like I wanted to write, like be a writer. Um, but what happened was, so I couldn't sustain myself on just freelancing for the East Bay Express. So I had to move back home to Southern California. Mm-hmm. When I got back home, you know, I was like, well, you know, I just applied to the circuit of like restaurant jobs that I knew I could get, got a job at a restaurant. Um, and, but I was like, you know, I still have this journalism thing kicking around. So let me try to figure out how I can make this work. And I just started cold emailing producers for like, um, I thought easier than getting like a freelance writing gig is let me email producers of TV and radio shows that I like, you know, and just see if I could help out. You know what I mean? Only person I saw, I emailed a bunch, just found producers' emails online, emailed a bunch of people, and I heard back from Tavis Smiley's producer. So they're like, yeah, come through. And I came through, and and um, that's where I first learned, like, how to cut tape and, like, write a Ooh. script for radio and, like, do, like, I learned all, like, like I think the third week they had me write a whole hour radio special for Tavis. <laughs> so I was, like, wow. I was like, whoa, man, you know, I just kind of <laughs> threw me into it. So yeah, uh, by fire. Yeah, baptism by fire. And I was just like, whoa, you know? And so I really fell in, I fell in love with it. I was like, well, I, and, you know, and I was like, I can't believe you could really get, you could make a living doing this. I was like, this is, this is enjoyable. Like I could do this and it's enjoyable. You can make a living doing this. this is great. So that was the thought. And, and so even though I wanted to write, I knew the writing thing was just difficult unless you were like an East Coast star. Like it was just like, how am I going to, so I was like, you know what? I should just do radio as my day job and write on the side. And slowly but surely, it's just become, well, I, this is just what I do. Like, forget right now, now I write on the side and I do, now I, now I, you know, I don't write ever, really. Like, I try, I, I wish I, you know, I need to get back into writing shape. But this is what I do now, and I love it. Um, you know, from Tavis Smiley, I got into grad school um, uh, thanks to that same professor at Berkeley who, who, um, who, who, who taught me, Kara Platoni. She, she, was, uh, she really pushed me to get into that grad program, I'm sure. Got into there, and when I was there, I met Kelly McEvers, who was about to be the host of All Things Considered at NPR, and uh, we hit it off, and I was like, hey, like, I see this opening for this overnight position for Morning Edition from, from L.A. Like, what do you think? And she's like, well, it's a tough position, but she's like, it is a good way in, and if you want to do it, like, I'll, you know, I got you. So she, helped, she was producer? one of my recommendations. It was, yeah, it was an overnight editorial assistant Okay. for morning edition so okay. what i was doing was i was helping renee montaigne who was broadcasting out of culver city at that time mm-hmm. with the morning edition and so i was really just reviewing scripts making sure there were no errors writing some scripts etc but then the next move up from there was like to like become a production assistant so then i just sort of then i moved over from editor like then i became like a, then i sort of hit that producer track and that's what i started that's when i started doing you know gotcha 
that's when I became a real producer. Yeah. Okay. So looking at your producing, uh, let's say resume of working with Rick Rubin, Malcolm, the Smileys, anyone that you look at now and say, I want to be a part of that or any of these young artists or up and coming uh, podcasters that you say, like, I don't know, I'll just throw out if Elon Musk wanted to be uh, do a podcast, you're like, I would really like that opportunity or, or is there anyone that you look at or maybe you're in the Bay Area, so maybe Kamala, when she's done being vice president, you were like, I would really like to be her. Her who, who's on your horizon of like that would just make you extra, extraordinarily excited to work with that artist or that talent. Man, um, you know, there's a lot of people I would love to work with. Um, a lot of people I've had the chance to work with where it didn't work out for whatever reason. Um, I, I feel like. The person I would love to produce for, and I think, I mean, this is it's going to sound very, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to say it, man. I want to, I want to, I, I want to produce something for, for, for President Obama. You know, I really mm-hmm. feel like um, he hasn't reached his, 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 he's done a couple of things in the podcasting space that I think could have been better. And I think, uh, you know, I think. I don't know. I just feel like I understand that brother. You know what I mean? So I feel like we, we could make something good, you know? That, that, that would be a Nirvana. I'm, I'm sure uh, if Obama's not listening to Dre and Smiley now, he'll probably be listening to us soon. So we'll, 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 we'll make that connection soon we get on yeah, Obama's thank you, thank list. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we got you covered. Uh, yeah, yeah, we got you covered. But no, that's cool. So when you think about in the music space, like these young artists coming up, um, yeah different rappers or anyone that you listen to or not that you, you look at and you say, I, I admire their music. It might be cool to work with them. Or even if it's a different so genre. I'll tell you what, man, when it comes to hip hop, I feel like no one's having more fun than the women right now, man. The women in hip hop are just having like, it got like, I listen, I listen to, uh, you know, any of the dudes rapper right now. It's real. Like, sounds like they don't even have their heart in it you know right. and, I'm, and i listen to these women they got punchlines <laughs> they <Yeah>. got bars <laughs> they're talking shit yeah. <laughs> like, yo they're having Big fun time. like this is this is what yeah, i love yeah, this is what yeah, i yeah. loved about hip-hop was the fun yeah. and i was gonna do this it's zanned out this and pilled out that and it's just right. like are you guys even having fun why y'all sound depressed man get on some right, forget right, the xanax right. get on some zoloft my brother you know what i mean like, <laughs> y'all making yeah. millions of dollars you don't sound happy but these women right, sound right. happy man to be rapping and it's finally we're finally in an era where it's not like just one woman at a time you know mm-hmm. where uh yeah where any anyone can uh all of them can eat at once you know yeah, um, and the, the youngest one that I'm really feeling right now is Dochi, who she can sing to, and she mm. can rap. She's incredible. Um, so yeah, and I really like uh, you know I really like uh, uh, um, her in terms of actually her just her, her singing voice, it's just her voice. I really like um, um, uh, oh my god, what's her, what's her name? Um, Oh man, how am I slipping on her name right now? Uh, Doja Cat, Doja Cat. Oh, Doja Cat, great yeah, singing Doja voice. Cat. You know? Okay, okay. But then, just when it comes to rapping, like of course, like Megan The Stallion and um, Mona Leo and um, 
Yeah, so many of them just having fun right now. I, I even started getting into Ice Spice recently, man. I, I was at first, I was not sure. And then now I'm like, I get it. It's just fun. This it's is like, great, you, you know? Slowly, so, slowly won you over, huh? Slowly, yeah, uh, slowly won me over, time. man. Yeah. Slowly but surely. You mentioned um, in your response to Smiley just now about if the opportunity presented itself, producing for President Obama, right? Because mm-hmm. you were saying that, you know, I'm sure he's not the only one, but there's other podcasts you listen to where you're thinking, ah, that could have, yeah. been, could have been done a little bit better, right? So talk to me about that. What makes, from a pro- producer's lens, right, what makes a broken record episode a great episode? Hmm. What do you look for? You know, there's a lot that goes into it that you can't account for, man. And sometimes that's like, again, like, like because we're in interview based show so much about it is how are you turning up that day how's the artist turning up that day and and then how do you click together and are you are you able to and if you if you're bringing some baggage from your day in and they're bringing some baggage from their day in are you able to shake your stuff off and help them shake their stuff off and have a real like revealing you know, beautiful conversation and really connect or, or, or are you not able to do that? And it's like, so, so much of it is like, there's, of course, there's like, you know, you want to book a good person and you want to get more, make sure you have the right equipment. And then you want to make sure you spend good time on the edit and write something nice to make sure to get it flow into it and all that. But it's like, there's really, it's like, it's like make, you know, doing an interview show is kind of like um, making a movie and that I've, what I've heard people say who make movies, I've never done it is that, you know, what's on camera is all you got, right? Once you get to editing, I mean, editing can make things better. I take things that are not as good as they can be all the time and edit them to make them better. But yet and still, I only have what's on tape. And so it's really like what occurs in that room that it's like, you know, so I really, you know, I work very hard to try to, if I'm, if I'm doing the interview myself, like try to, get people to relax and be comfortable and let their guard down. Not because I want to, you know, like, um, not cause I want to not, not, not in any like nefarious way. Like I don't want to let them let the guard down and then I'm going to like throw a right hook or something like, yeah. I, you know, I really just want just have a relaxed conversation. Relax. Now if I'm producing, I do a lot of weird things that don't even make sense. Like I like, like just weird, like I like candles and just certain little, um, uh, you know, superstitious things, you know, okay. that I do feel make a difference. And they probably don't, but like an athlete, like I feel like I got to do it, you know? Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So the, the, the next uh, obvious question in my mind is how do you go about finding guests, artists mm. for not only Broken Record, but for your other podcast, the Start From The Bottom, which I want to dive deep into in just yeah. a moment. But yeah, how do you go about finding guests? Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, I'm Broken Record. I talk with the other hosts, um, and we discuss who we think could be interesting. Um, and we start from the bottom. I talk with my producer, David Ja, and we similarly, like, we have, like, a running list of names of people, like, people we really want to talk to, and we're constantly adding to it. We're constantly finding people. You know, we started from the bottom. One of the... One of the... Um, one of the, I think one of the beautiful outcomes from this is is really like I think you know once we get a few years into this and you're able to scroll through the feed, I think seeing how plentiful black success 
Latino success, all that, like, right is. It's not rare, man. Like, there's so many people out there doing their thing, but it's so easy to not find those people or to not be connected or to not see them if you're not, if you're a young person and you, and you, and you, and you know, you just don't have the connection. So it's like really like one of the beautiful things that me and my producer, David Ja, who's Chinese and feels it's very similar to like how I do about things is like, um, wow, like there's so many interesting people that look like us doing interesting things and we're just finding them, you know, like just they're all over, man. We're collecting them. We just can't wait to talk to them, you know? So we're just, we're always adding names and the people, this is the people we know. Like, of course, like for me, like I can't wait to do an episode with Magic Johnson because I grew Mm. up in LA and, you know, we had the Magic Johnson Starbucks and the Magic Johnson movie Mm, theater. theater. Like it was all like, you know, he was sort of the, to my mind, the consummate black businessman when I was growing up, you know? Um, but, you know, like, I want to also, like, talk to the people who, you know, you've never heard of, you know? Um, and there's so yeah. many out there. There's so many, so. The last part of what you just shared, um, correct me if I'm wrong, encapsulates what started from the bottom is all about, right? Finding yeah. these people that a lot of people may not have heard of that have made something of themselves, um, found some some type of success. Not necessarily financially, but just not even financially. I mean, some certainly some of it is financial, but it's also like just it could be it could be scientific or academic or like it's just success and also fulfillment. These are people who ultimately have found fulfillment, you know, mm. and found purpose yeah. for their life. Um, and um, you know, I think a lot of us. I just through my conversations, you know, through schooling and through into my professional career, I just had a lot of conversation with um not just not just uh uh not just black men, but other people of color and also just women more generally is that like we didn't grow up seeing a a a a a, a, a lot of people that looked like us who felt like they, you know, who who were really, who were successful in the sense of, not like that they weren't successful, but that really felt like, oh, this person's doing the thing they need to be doing with their life, you know? Mm. Um, and, um, and so, yeah, I just really wanted to be able to create something where it's like, okay, because those, we didn't grow up around these people necessarily, let's, let's, let's just get these people on record and create a space where you can now go hear these people, man, talking about their journey and how they did it, because it's just different, man. I think showing up to like a, showing up to the boardroom as a, as, as a black man or as a woman is just different than showing up as a white man, right? It's just, there's a different language spoken and um, it's a, it's a, it's culturally different. And if you're not fluent, it's not going to feel so natural. And those are things you can't, even if you have a mentor who's white, and is super successful in the business. Well, even you got Elon Musk, he can't tell you what it's like to stand in front of a boardroom as a black man, right? And have to tell investors like, hey, we're short this month or whatever, right? Like, it's like, there's these yeah, intangible sure. things that you only if you know someone looks like you, will you be able right, to right, know right. Mm, that's how you're going to navigate that situation, you know? For the sure. Subtle complexity. <clears throat> do, do you find sure. that when you, when you find these successful representatives, but that they're humble by a culture, I, I use that as an example because we had some representatives on our podcast and uh, two that comes to mind is we had this amazing husband and wife from Tennessee that they like, oh, we're nothing special. We only do Turo's. And then you talk to them, they got like 30 Turo's and 
generating all this capital. Then we had another brother here and he's like, Oh, I don't do anything exciting. I only have a, a valet trash business, but he grosses 90,000 a month. And he's just real. We're like, dude, you are so amazing with yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. But the, the people, they don't, they don't see themselves as being, it's just like, this is just my, this is what I do, but they don't see themselves. So do you find that that's cultural or? Is it the same that you're finding with your representatives that they're amazing, but they just don't see themselves that way? Well, um, I, I think what I've noticed is with a lot, a lot of the people I've just, I've spoken to, there's uh, the if they have the most of them seemingly have gotten over the hump, but there was certainly in their stories is a lot of like that imposter syndrome thing where it's just like yeah it's just what i you know uh i'm not that special uh, but you know and it's like over time they've had to be shown now you are special and one of the most incredible things and one of those actually it's actually it's frustrating um is that a lot a lot of the older people that i've had on um i'm amazed by this by by the uh, amount of programs that were available to them in the day that seemed like existed through the 80s that were purposely trying to bring in talent of color or talent that are women right and like it's like i don't know i, I certainly didn't encounter any of those programs They're like oh we want to make sure when you come in here as a black guy that you're going to be positioned to become management one day and not just like working you know what i mean like mm -hmm. um so but through those programs like i'm thinking about like an ursula burns who ended up being the the, the first black woman to run a fortune 500 company like she specifically, when she got to Xerox after, like she got into Xerox based on a program that was, um, we want to bring in people of color to our companies. Right. And then once they're in here, we don't want to just drop them off. Like we want to mentor them through. So like she had so much mentorship at that company and it was just like, wow, that doesn't exist anymore. So like that whole process like helped her and allowed her to evolve into like becoming like, now she's supremely confident, like, like no joke. Like she knows mm -hmm. she's the, she knows she, she's the business and it's like, it's real, she is. And and um so yeah i've noticed that um and then there's been some other people who you know maybe they're a little overconfident we had a couple people hit us that oh we don't do black we don't do just we don't do black shows mm -hmm. okay well the same it's not what this is i'm black right right it's for it's really for it's, i mean you know we're documenting all kinds of different stories but i hear you loud and clear right, you know, right, right, black. right. cool and then i don't yeah. do you so fine all right right that's understood. So here, here's one before I turn it back to Dre. So it's 2023 now, and we're sitting here talking with Justin. And let's assume it's 2033, and Justin says, I'm most excited that I've done this in the past decade. How would you complete that? It's 2033 in the future. Uh, you've already completed and produced Obama and Sasha, Malia. That's already behind you. Now it's, you know, are we are we looking at uh, world leaders or what are you doing now? Because it's 2033 and you're just mm. super ecstatic because you completed that, whatever that decade goal is. Man, you know, I guess I'm most excited that I've started a company. What kind? I, I would like to do that. Uh, um, um, a media company, you know. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Of, I of, like of, that. Of, of, yeah, yeah. Global yeah, or I, international? I, <laughs> Domestic? <laughs> why not? International. <laughs> I haven't thought about it, but if you're asking, I guess, okay, yeah, sure. International. We'll do Canada too, okay? All yeah, right, that's there fair. You go. There you go. There you go. Thank you. <laughs>
So, so, so tell me this, Justin, you mentioned it at the top that you're going to go listen to some music. Um, yeah. I'm assuming you saw the show that Questlove produced, um, showcasing the or highlighting the last 50 years of hip hop. Did you happen to see that? You know what? That was the one that came out like a year ago, right? Him no, no, Black it came out Dot. earlier this year. It was on, earlier it this was year? on the Grammys or something. He showcased, um, yeah. Oh, I, I, I don't want to upset anyone, but you didn't miss a whole lot. It was, it was <laughs> essentially, <laughs> essentially, you know, a number of the uh, founders of hip hop came out and did, you know, very short bits. It was kind of a collage. You know, you had. Oh, I heard about. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see it. I didn't yeah, see yeah, it. Yeah. But I heard, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did hear. So, about so it. Here, here's the question. Give, give me your. You're from L.A. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Give, give me your top five. Uh, <laughs> MCs and and again, this could change tomorrow. You know, it's yeah. always debated. Yeah. But in this easy, moment, number one, look, number okay. one, easy, always and forever is pop. Okay, always and forever, just, 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 that's easy. That's 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 okay. that's like that that doesn't change and probably will never change. Okay. Um, now, just to be okay. clear. This is East Coast and West Coast. Or are you just doing West Coast? I'm doing I'm doing everyone. I'm doing this nationwide. is this is in the okay, whole good. Good. I was make sure nationwide. Yeah, good, yeah. good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good, yeah. Good, yeah. Good, probably good, probably good. falls in just my favorite. I mean, for me, if I'd have just even outside of hip hop, probably pop falls somewhere in my top five just artists of all time up there with Stevie okay. and everybody. Okay. Yeah, but certainly when it comes to hip hop, just just all time, any 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 location. Okay, okay I, I would say Pac. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna say now it's in no particular order. Okay, but Pac's number okay, one. Yeah, but no, now it's in no particular yeah, order. No order. Two through five is no particular order. I'm gonna say Lil okay. Wayne. Okay. I'm gonna say, um, man. Okay, I'm gonna say. I want to say it, but I don't. Go ahead, I, say it. No judgment. Beach, I gotta say Snoop. I, I want to say Snoop. Okay. But really, like, really, this is cheating. But I'm gonna say Snoop and the Dog Pound because I feel like, okay. like, okay. like, like Snoop Dad's corrupt. Like they can be right, like, right, like, right. You right. know, that's one. Okay. Um, and if I say Snoop, then we also talking, you know, okay. Uh, okay, so that's three. Then I'm going to say, you know, um, I'm going to say Jay. I'm going to say Jay-Z. Okay, okay. You know what? Uh, you know what? No, no, no. Take Jay off. I'm putting Nas there. Okay, okay. And that's then a tough I'm one. Go- those two. <sighs> That's I know. Tough. I've lately been leaning towards Nas just because Nas has had those few great records recently. Where I'm like, "Yo, my sure. guy's killing it." So I'm right. like, "So, but, but before I for sure would have said Jay. Now I'm gonna say Nas. Okay. And then I'm gonna say, "Oh man, okay, we're down to the last little spot here." Yeah. If I had to really, if I had to really, okay, I'm gonna say. Uh, <laughs> this is tough, man. This is tough. Yeah, it's tough. I, yeah, I guess you know. Damn, how do I, I guess Kendrick? Okay, wow. that's, a, that's a respectable list. Yeah, I, like I, I have I your like list that. here. I'm just surprised. Being, being from your area, though, I, I, I'm surprised, or I, I was curious. I'm, I'm not surprised. I was curious if you're going to put E40 somewhere on there too. But 
you know, yeah, it's a tough I list. Love, I mean, you know, I don't know, I don't know I if he's in the top Florida. five or not, but, but I was wondering if you, where you might have him. Pac is you know. Bay Area, LA, you That's know, right. both in one. So, sure. you know, sure. he counts for both. But, but on your list, I'm surprised because I got on my list Pac, Lil Wayne, Nas. But I, I was I would have had to throw Eminem on there, yeah, just okay. from a lyricist perspective. And you know, I I, lo- I used to love them, and uh, just you know, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a minute. It's, it's been a while. It's been but a while. I'm just looking at the great lyricists, the the way they put the words together and everything. And then I think the last one on my list would have been. Um, I like Easy, but Ice Cube because he was the he was the scribe behind Cube, it. Yeah. So I like Cube. Yeah. So that would be my five. So we we match them on three of the five. So but I'll just... I almost said I almost said Cube or Easy, and I almost even yeah, said right. Dre, even though he don't write, just because I yeah, love right. just the way his voice hits on the track. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know one that I grew up on. Um, I'll throw this as an honorable mention is DOC. Oh, yo, DOC is yeah. incredible. Yeah. Right, um, right, 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 right. That record he put out, um, no one can do it better. Nobody does it right. better. Right, right, yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Can't remember which one of these, but it has Method that. Method Man, yeah. Wu Tang. I mean, there's a there's a whole yeah, list man. of them. You, yeah, Method it's, Man. It's, 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 there's no right or wrong. It's no yeah. right. Math, Ghostface. I mean, Matthew yeah, Ghostface. Right. right. I mean, they're incredible. Rizzo, you know, for sure. Um, Rizzo, so another, another uh, question for you. Actually, two quick questions. So the music Big boy and Andre. Damn, Big Boy and Andre. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you, you, know, got, you got to pull it through a little bit there. Without so the music each part to, of the country got music? its classics. <laughs> the music you're going to listen yeah. to, Justin, is that new music or um, just you guys just listening? Just a little bit of everything. Just go cool okay. out. I was just curious. Some music, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. All right, so um, we're kind of winding down now. Uh, one question before we hit the final four that we have. You pretty much you seem to be a kind of an open book. You have these podcasts out. Um, you've been on other shows before and whatnot. What's one thing that people don't know about you that you wish they knew? Oh, man. Uh, one thing people don't know about me. Um Man, you know, that I wish, I don't know, man, <laughs> that I wish they knew. I mean, I guess I wish that people, I don't know. I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> I guess, I, guess, I mean, I guess, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Like, I feel like um, there's a couple of vibes I've given off my entire life that I'm not 100%, haven't 100% been clued into. One is that everyone always assumes that I'm a stoner, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm almost never I'm almost never high, so I don't you know I'm like okay you know I'm right, glad right, you right. assume that, but nah. right, right. And, right, right, right. Uh, I mean I guess that's cool. I get some cool points on that, but nah, I don't. Right, right. Um, and two, uh, that I'm I'm very confident, um, but I'm really not. I'm deeply unconfident, um, but I just try to show up and do things. You know, it's like I try to really, like, man. My gut feeling when I do things is not good. Like my gut feeling is like, yo, this is not gonna be good, you know. But <laughs> I, I always, I always find a way to in my internal dialogue, just tell myself just to do it. You know what I mean? And mm. just like go, let, go, let it fall where it met, where where it will. You know, leave it all on the floor and just show up and and do it. And if you fail, then that just means either that thing's not for you or it's not for you yet. <laughs> you mm. know. 
Um, and so, yeah, I feel like, you know, early on in life, that gut feeling of like just fear stopped me from doing a lot of things, you know. Um, but I've learned to not trust that over the years, you know. I know that my gut, people always say go with your gut and to a degree, yeah, but I also know that my gut has been wrong a lot. And so a lot of times I override my gut, man. I hear it all the time. My gut's like, nah. It's like, yeah, but just go do it. Don't be a, don't be a dumbass. Go do it, you right. know, like. So, uh, you know, I wish I wish people knew that. For one thing, one, you know, don't be harsh with me. You know what I'm saying? Be, you know what I'm saying? You know, some people just hit me with. Just, I'm like, okay, all right, I know that sucks, but let's just, <laughs> woo, you know. Uh, and then two, um, you know, just because I, you know, I just want people to know. Like, I feel like I just want people to know. Like, you know, you can't always, you can't, you can't listen to that thing always. You know, like that. Yeah. It's there for a reason. I think it's there for a reason. Maybe, mm. like, maybe you really do suck at that thing, but you ain't gonna get better not doing it. So it's like again, like I, I, I feel like it's also been beneficial for me to learn that that to learn that about me, that people see me as one way, that I feel another way, and I've somehow learned to like kind of bridge the gap. You know. Mm. Uh, and you said something earlier. You said, uh, and you said a happy accident, and you kept failing forward. That's that's so mm. prescient. Failing forward, I, I love that, and. Uh, so like that goes back to the question you just responded, the answer you gave to Dre, you know, you just keep doing the action. So just as a action, segue like into final, like nothing was working. I couldn't get that damn job. Yeah. I couldn't get a single job. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna go do journalism. I'm gonna say, but okay, but I, you know, this is taking me way better places than if I had gotten the front desk of the yoga. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's just like failing forward. It's like I threw my failure. I just kept yeah. moving, kept pushing. You, you ended up where you I were like meant to that. be. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, you ended up, yeah. found your spot. So here's the final four. If you were to have dinner with anyone, alive or dead, there's only four chairs at the table. You're sitting at one. There's three yep. others. Who would you want to have dinner with and why, alive or dead? Me and three others or me and four others? You and three others. Okay. You and three I others. It. I know it. I know it. <laughs> Um, Tupac, <laughs> okay. Tupac, Nora Ephron, who was uh, the writer, a movie writer and director, and also a journalist, and Quincy Jones. Oh Quincy. man! And why? Nice, dad. nice. That'd be my dad. Uh Pot. I mean, uh, well, Nora Ephron loved to cook and, and throw dinner parties, and she was mm -hmm. an incredibly smart woman and just like just an incredible writer and. So we'd love to have her around, and because uh, I know she would make, I know she would make it like you know the deed, the it'd, it'd be perfect, like it'd be set up, perfect dialed, it'd be dialed, uh, Quincy, because you know again, Quincy. I'm lucky enough to be around Quincy, <laughs> and it's like the stories are insane. It's just like, yeah. whew. and then yeah. Pac because uh, I think that's just that that be you know Pac, Pac is good energy, you know, um, you know Pac was a lot. Of energy, but I know he knew he knew how to be in a room. You know, he knew how to charm people. So I feel like that would be a good. Mm. It'd just be a good. I'd love to see the three of them and hear the stories and yeah. just sort of see where that went. But I, and I like that they're all kind of different people from different walks of of life. You know, it's like so that'd be my that'd be my yeah that'd be my. Dinner. That's so cool because uh, I met Quincy. I think it was ninety four or ninety five in New Orleans at a uh, 
NAPTI conference, which was an American North American Association of Production to Television Executives or something where you pitch your screenplay and try to get things in. And I actually met Quincy and he was such an approachable guy. And there was about maybe 20 of us and he shook our hands and he was just an amazing spirit. He gave us some wisdom, some words of wisdom. Man. And when you mentioned Quincy, I was like, I could see that because Quincy was just such a a deep, inspirational persona, a mythic, mythical person. Yeah. And he was so approachable yeah. that I, I just got positive vibes when you said Quincy. So thank you. He's like, he's like, he's like, uh, he's just like, he'll talk to, as I, I, I like, I've, as I try to explain it to people and you're so right. That's what people, I feel like people don't know about him. Is like, he will, he would talk to the, the King of England, the president of the United States and the janitor as if they were all yeah. of equal value to him. You know, and because yeah. they really are all yeah. equal value. I mean, just these people sure. as people, and he just he just loves people, man. And so it's like it's like, damn, mm-hmm. it's cool. Yeah. You know, nice. Yeah. What's been your greatest success? My greatest success, uh, oh man, has been um, my greatest success has been um, the corny answer would be my family. But the truth is, it's been learning how to be a family man, you know? Mm. Um, it's been learning how to head a family with my wife, you know? Um, because I didn't have really any examples of, of how to run a functional family growing up. So the fact that mm. I have a functional, beautiful family and I've so far not screwed it up is a miracle. And I would say so far it's my greatest success. And I hope it remains my greatest success though. Uh, you know, yeah. In other words, I hope I don't mess it up, but <laughs> so far so good, you know? <laughs> awesome. So what is, what, what is your superpower? Uh, the flash goes really fast. Thanos destroys the world and the Thor has his hammer. What is Justin's superpower that only he has his Marvel superpower? Uh, you know, I don't know. I I think I think it's hard to it's so it's so it's so awkward for me to like think about. I feel like maybe I feel like my intuition is really good, you know? Like I feel like mm. I can like I can like I know I you know, again I was saying I don't trust my gut. So this is different from my gut. I, I do have feel like a refined intuition where I'm like, I can just sort of, I can kind of tell when situations right or wrong. I can also like kind of really chameleon-like fit into a certain, it's just like, okay, this is how I know. Oh, I can feel the vibe in this room. This is how I'm going to need to be here to operate in, or in this conversation or mm. with this person. Not, it's not like I'm fake. I'm always myself, but I, I, I do know I'm like, oh, I could, yeah, I adapt. I'm like, okay, boom, I got to be more like this and approach this like that. I can kind of feel it. And I feel like more often than not, I've, I've, I've been right, you know, you know, I've been, I've been right. Cause I've been in situations where I see, I'm like, oh man, I could tell this person I'm with is like, not like, I'm just really good with social cues. I think, you know, I'm like, all right, this person sure. don't really want to hear from me like at this level right now. So I'm going to just sit here and be quiet or, mm-hmm. oh, they want to hear, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, I'm just, I always feel, I feel like I do know how to sort of be. With, with many different kinds of people. So I, I think my intuition probably. But okay. And when you shared, as you shared that in terms of your ability to 
adapt and, and fit in with different different uh, people, different rooms, things like that. Have you read Born a Crime by... Um, by uh, 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 Trevor Noah? Trevor Noah, yeah. Yeah, Trevor. yeah, I did read yeah. that, actually. So, so there's a part where he talks about, because he speaks different languages, and he's, there's a part where he's talking about how what you just described, you know, growing up because of how he looked in South Africa, you know, certain rooms he'd walk in and they'd assume he was, you know, one person until he started speaking that language. Yeah. And then he kind of fit in. Other rooms he'd walk in and they'd assume he was, you know, a certain, another certain person. And he spoke that language. Yeah. So yeah, I think all of us have some level of that, you know, yeah. if, if you're lucky, if you're lucky, yeah. right? If you're lucky. I remember as a kid seeing my dad, um, exhibit what you what you mentioned that um uh quincy jones you imagine him doing be able to, to speak to a president or a, or you know king or whatever or a janitor my dad would do that in different environments and really connect with everyone I was, and as a kid i didn't understand I'm like how is he is he is he being fake or yeah. but it was just him really having this ability to adapt and connect with people. So that, that resonates with me as you, as you share that story, Justin. Yeah. Last question for you. What would be the title of your biography? Oh, man. Oh, man. That's a good one, isn't it? Oh, man. Um, man. Born a Crime is a damn good one. That's <laughs> I wish a good I could one, right? use that. <laughs> don't really take in and don't fit anything in my life, really. But okay, <laughs> hold up. I'm like, now the bar has been set high. I know, I know a podcast um, title that can work, but then again, it's already a podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Start from the bottom. I would say, uh, 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 oh my god, I don't. Uh, damn, this is does this, does this one does this one uh, trip up other people too? Well, we'll let you know after you answer. <laughs> oh my god, what would my autobiography be titled? Okay, it would be. Um, and it's published today or it's published in the future? Either it way. It could be after you, you have your multinational, international media company. Yeah, yeah. It could be 23, right, it could be right, 10 yeah. years from now, whatever the, you want. The publishing company just wants to know the name of the title now so they can prepare, be prepared to, you know, launch it. <laughs> Man, this is one of my greatest, I just said one of my greatest, well, what I think might be my superpower, one of my greatest flaws is terrible at titling things <laughs> 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 always have okay uh ah, man i have no i can't even i don't know i don't know um justin <laughs> richmond the from you know what, what, what would ruben if ruben if you say hey ruben g- give me a title for my book what would ruben say rick ruben i'm a i'm a cop one from miles Okay. Birth of the cool. You know what I mean? Birth there of the go. cool. That'd be a cool. Go. I like That'd it. Be it. You know what I mean? Birth right. of the cool. It's about just adapt. It's about my suits. It's about adapting. It's about being a different, you know what I mean? Different environments. Okay. You know what I mean? I love it. The, the, I love the, the it. Be like, be birth of cool, cool being like Bruce Lee, be like water. You know what I'm saying? I like it. I like yeah. it. <laughs> be like water. Well, Justin, man, I, I want to thank you first and foremost. Thanks for exposing us to your world to your podcast i'm gonna definitely check them out and uh to this conversation i learned a lot about i I didn't know the difference between producers and 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 now i understand it from the audio world to the hip-hop world and also um 
for the for the inspiration of filing forward happy accident this is just a uh a a body of of great information so thank you for sharing your time with us i appreciate you i agree justin you know it's interesting that you know we've had a lot of different guests on our show um you, you think of it we've probably had them on here not necessarily someone famous but just different walks of life um something that i really appreciate is your level of humility you've you've rubbed elbows with you know, some pretty big name people. Um, you mentioned earlier at the top that you're going to go listen to music with another big name person. Um, your humility, you know, is, is, is remarkable. I appreciate that, number one. Number two, taking the time out of your day to, you know, kick kick back and, you know, chop it up with us. Um, us nobodies. <laughs> it's fun. I, I, I really, Let's do it again. I, I really appreciate it. And then, you know, the little nuggets. We have a podcast. And so it's always nice to talk to other podcasts, hosts, producers, things like that to get ideas and things like that. So definitely appreciate your time, Justin. No, thank you guys. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. And yeah, let's let's really let's do it again, man. I'm 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 down, but just don't hit me with that biography. I'm gonna come back and actually hit me with that. I'm gonna come back with a better answer to the autobiography question. I feel like I need to redeem myself at some point. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure.